Morning to you. Welcome into the action line from WGNS. This morning we're going to be talking about alcohol and use in driving. Bad combination. You know that, but uh, obviously the word is not out at this time. Maybe it's never been out. Local attorney Laura Baker is with us this morning. Hey, Laura, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. How are you? Doing fine. Good to have you with us. Great Laura to be is here. With the, uh, law firm of John Day right here in town and uh, we were talking about alcohol use and driving are we seeing an increase in that these days you know I I don't know if we're seeing any um, in, in any increase I'm I'm not uh, familiar with the statistics I can tell you that in the advent of Uber and Lyft and other rideshare companies that I think a lot of people have found a more affordable option <laughs> to um, the alternative, which is to get behind the wheel when you've had too much to drink. And which is a great way. I mean, if, if you do have too much to drink, don't get out and drive. I mean, what a, you, you've been a, a, an attorney for quite a while now. You probably have heard every excuse as to why, well, I'm surprised I had this accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We've heard a lot. And and more often, I think we have um, people who probably in their heart of hearts know that it was their fault that the accident happened, but can't bring themselves to, to take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. So this is something that uh, people may not think about. Obviously, they're not thinking about it, but... Uh, once you are arrested and charged with driving under the uh, influence, uh, this sticks with you. With you, I mean, and, and it will uh, impact your life probably forever. Absolutely. Um, certainly, if you are charged criminally and and found guilty of a driving offense, that does uh, follow you, and it can affect how the next um, charge is. Um, how it impacts uh, the criminal responsibility for that charge. What kind of, and I, let's look at it from the expense side, because, uh, and then we'll look at it uh, from the other side a little bit later on, but uh, what kind of cost are involved? If you are charged with driving under the influence, you're arrested, I guess you're, you're be able to get bond or you go to jail or it, it gets sort of expensive doesn't it well i can tell you that um in my practice i don't handle the criminal side of cases um but i do imagine that at a minimum you're going to have some court cost and you're going to have the expense of hiring a lawyer um, to navigate those charges from the civil side or the lawsuit side which is what i handle in my practice um you will um, have to defend that civil case if you've hurt someone and, and you get sued for those injuries. 
um, and it can affect your insurance rates going forward. Um, and of course, if you have been charged with a crime and um, and you have to serve any time um, in jail, then that can affect just being able to make money, go to mm-hmm. work. Now you've brought up something, I guess, uh, not being a lawyer, uh, I'd never thought of it this way. You said you handle the civil side and there is a criminal side. So uh, you're in trouble in two directions is that i mean that's what it sounds like that's that's correct if there is if you get behind the wheel you're driving and you cause a wreck and someone is injured then um in addition to there being potentially some criminal charges for that or hopefully some criminal charges for that um you also can have the civil lawsuit that may follow for um taking responsibility for the harm that you caused to the person who was injured or killed and i don't guess insurance covers any of that i mean because you've made a mistake there well insurance will cover a drunk driving accident if you cause one so Um, they'll cover the repair of the car and what have you that's correct your liability insurance of course there's limits to the amount of liability insurance that people purchase and um, in Tennessee, the state minimum limit of liability insurance is $25,000 per accident, which is hardly enough to even cover a visit to the emergency room these days, much less to cover um, any kind of serious injury where you take somebody out of work and cause them um, an injury that might uh, necessitate surgery or ca- have any other lifelong um, implications to it. How do you determine, and, and should, at what point do you really push I guess the officers, if you're involved in an accident and you suspect that the other person may be driving under the influence, you don't want that to not get on the accident report. I mean, you want proof. Otherwise, it might be sort of swept under the rug. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Um, I've had a handful of cases that I can remember where the person who was injured feels pretty strongly that the other person had been drinking um, and um, and I think mentioning that to the police officers at the scene might cause them to do a little bit more work but I can tell you that our local police are very good at um, spotting those things they don't necessarily need the lay person to um, put them on the case. But uh, if, if you don't prove it right then and there it would seem like you're evidence uh, would fade pretty quickly. I mean, because give them a a day, uh, there's not going to be any proof that they were drunk. That's true. Not from the criminal side, necessarily, because because you would probably want that blood alcohol test or at least a field sobriety test in order to show intoxication or impairment on the civil side um, you could still potentially have some evidence um, that a person had been drinking perhaps that they smelled of alcohol um, and because the burden in a civil case you're not putting somebody away (laughs) putting Mm -hmm. them behind bars um, the burden of proof in that kind of case is lower um, and and really anything that uh, leads to assigning fault to somebody in the case could potentially be useful, even if you don't have that um, blood alcohol test result. We have a text here from a listener who's saying, uh, don't just leave it to alcohol. Remember, there are drug abuses, too. Uh, and drugs could include dr- drugs that you buy to use illegally. Or they could also be medical uh, and, you know, things that your doctor has prescribed. Uh, are those harder to prove that, that the person is under the influence of 
some type of drug. Well, I mean, if you have a, a, a blood test, typically they're going to run that both for toxicology and for alcohol. Um, but certainly there are medications, both prescribed and illegal drugs, um, that would impair your ability to drive and could be evidence against you, not only in a criminal case, but in, um, in the civil case like, like I handle. How long of a period of time do you have after a person causes an accident? How long of a period of time do you have before you need to have that blood test uh, before, before the uh, test would not have any evidence in it? Well, I, you know, honestly, I don't know the answer to how long um, you can go before the test results are not considered valid. I'm sure that there are lots of uh, toxicologists out there who are far more qualified than me to, to comment on that. But I would imagine that it would have to be taken pretty close in time to when the accident happened, just because our bodies process alcohol and drugs. So when you are involved in a traffic crash with someone that has been either drinking or taking drugs uh, or medications and shouldn't be out driving, uh, you're the one who are uh, injured. Uh, they may be injured too, but uh, if they cause the accident, you have, you have to have evidence that shows that they were at fault. And, and that's where you need to, can you insist on a, a blood alcohol test? Um, certainly on the civil side, we don't, we can't put somebody um, under arrest or take their blood or take that kind of evidence from them at the scene of an accident. That would definitely be up to the law enforcement officers. Um, well, they but, can't do the blood test. They'd have to go to a hospital or something. The police don't do blood tests, do they? Well, not necessarily specifically performing no, no, it, but no, they're no. the ones who can ask right. for the blood test to be taken. But you have to do it. What I'm saying is you don't have a whole lot of time and uh, and you you might need to to get pretty insistent hey please let, let's let's be sure that they have that blood test if it looks like it's just gonna well you know. i don't think the insistence of a, a civilian person is gonna uh, per se be enough for the law enforcement officers to do that test obviously they have to follow the law on probable cause and um and and meet those requirements in order to take somebody's blood um, or perform any test um, but I'll say that from the civil side, even if you're in a wreck with somebody who's intoxicated, as much as you want to have that blood alcohol test, there's just the dynamics of a crash, too, that tell you whether or not somebody's at fault. So if it's a drunk driving accident, even if you can't prove that they were drunk, you may still be able to prove that they were at fault for the wreck. They ran the red light. They were speeding. They didn't control their vehicle, whatever the particular facts of that case are. Now, if you are involved in a traffic crash and you are injured, uh, I'm sure the under other insurance company, well, I'm not sure, but uh, you hear stories about other insurance companies obviously wanting to settle, wanting you to sign off saying, okay, uh, you've given me treatments, I'm feeling okay today. And you willingly sign thinking, well, I'll be happy to get this out of the way six months down the road you start feeling bad again is this unusual i mean does this sound like something that's made up or does this really happen in life 
No, I think that after a traffic accident, the insurance companies typically do want to get um, any claims resolved as quickly as possible. Um, I usually recommend to our clients that they wait for all of their medical treatment to be completed and um, to have a good understanding of what the future is going to look like before they enter into any kind of settlement agreement. Um, of course, if you don't retain an attorney, then you're making those judgments without somebody giving you advice about what the the long term could look like or might look like. Um, having done this for 15 years, I um, I do, do not have a medical degree, but I have a good idea of what um, the life cycle of, for example, a rotator cuff injury is going to look like. Um, or um, if you have a low back pain that's just not going away, that that could end up with uh, physical therapy or injections or you know, maybe even a surgery down the road. So um, though we can't give medical advice, we can sort of help people understand the timing of when is the right time to try to enter into a settlement of those injury claims. When you're involved in an accident, whether it's your fault or not, your mind is probably not focused on remembering to do all of these things. What, what are some of the things that are really important to do right then and there so that you have some information what what should you try to always remember to do well i was gonna say at the scene of the accident first and foremost make sure you're okay um if you need medical treatment get medical treatment your health and safety and well-being are are the most important um the police officers who arrive at the scene are going to be in charge of getting the evidence not necessarily for your civil legal case later, but they're also investigating and taking down a report and um, and recording the names of witnesses. Um, if your injuries are such that you are, are able to walk around and um, and talk at the scene, you're not incapacitated or, or taking an ambulance ride, um, if there are witnesses around, you might want to get their names um, and numbers. Um, if you, everybody has their own camera with them these days. Um, so snapping a couple of photos, um, that can certainly be helpful down the road in proving who it was that caused the accident. Um, but first and foremost, make sure that you are okay and that your injuries are addressed. Now that's the important thing. And be sure that whoever else is in the other car or in your car with you, make sure they're okay. That's that's right. But uh, that's an interesting point of, of walking around and, and talking to people at the scene. Did you see this? Uh, did what 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 did you think happened? Uh, and then they tell you, and uh, you jot down how to get in touch with them: their name, address, phone number. Uh, when you, you've you've done this for 15 years, uh, what are some of the horror stories that you have come across? over the past 15 years, maybe people who didn't retire, retain your services right at the beginning, maybe a week into it, well, maybe I need an attorney. And they give you a call then, but they didn't do any of these uh, other things prior to that. What, what, uh, what are some of the things that you've come across that have happened there? I'll say that typically when I see a heartbreaking situation where somebody has settled their case and not gotten all of the compensation, um, it typically isn't something that occurs within a week. Um, usually it's people calling, you know, months down the road and they haven't had anybody um, advising them of their legal rights all along. Um, and in Tennessee, there's some complicated rules about how your 
uh, auto insurance and the other driver's auto insurance um, work off of each other in an injury case. Um, there is uninsured motorist coverage uh, that applies if the other driver has less insurance than you. So for example, if you get hit and you have um, $50,000 of medical bills, you had physical therapy, a surgery, um, and let's say you even have a scar from that surgery, um, and the other driver only has $25,000 and you're told that and you accept and settle with the other driver for their $25,000. And then you look to your uninsured motorist coverage to pick up the difference because you bought that coverage. Um, you're likely not going to be able to access that coverage if you settled with the other driver without the permission of your own auto insurance carrier. Um, and, and just explaining that in and of itself is complicated so you can see how an attorney can help with navigating that process and making sure that when you do accept any kind of settlement that you have accessed all the insurance benefits that you might be entitled to. You, you mentioned something or alluded to something about different insurance companies uh, and working together or maybe not working together. What happens if they're both the same insurance companies? I heard that can be a nightmare. That does happen uh, more and more, uh, particularly when it's two drivers that live in the same community because we do see insurance companies that have a good presence in, um, in different communities. Um, typically, the, just because it's the same insurance company uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the outcome is going to be any different. Um, it could work to your advantage because if they're your, also your own insurance company, then they are going to have obligations to you. Um, to act in good faith to make sure that you get the benefit of your policy. Um, but I know it does make people uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable all around when you're dealing with your uninsured motorist coverage because while that's your insurer and they're, you know, the person, the company that you've selected to protect you in these situations, when they're going to be paying out money for the responsibility of someone else, they sort of become adverse to you they they're also working to prove that the injuries aren't as bad as as you say they are we're talking about driving under the influence we're talking about uh, causing an accident if you're a victim of an accident or if you are the one who caused it well, what do you do well, we're we're be, be right back so stay with us laura baker local attorney is our guest this morning we already have some uh, questions texted in. We'll have more and we'll get to those that have been texted in when we return. Right now, we're going to check on the traffic and weather. Turn your fingers into a microphone and talk back. WGNSRadio.com is Rutherford County's online source for what matters to you. WGNSRadio.com. I'm Carly Henry, and I love Adam's Place. We do enjoy the book reviews, and we play cards a lot. Play hand and foot, and I've learned to play bridge since I've been here, and that's been a lot of fun, and we play billiards. I would encourage my friends to come to Adam's Place because that Adam's Place is the premier facility of this type, then it's a good choice. Are you looking for a different kind of bank? Open your eyes to a credit union. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help hardworking Americans achieve their financial goals faster. 
And because we're owned by our members, you get a piece of the pie. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to open your first account and see how we help when others won't. Insured by NCUA. Don't throw away cabinets, furniture, and appliances. Donate it to the Habitat Restore. We have had increase in costs for lumber and building materials. So our houses now cost about 120000 Shop at the Habitat Restore and help others achieve the dream of home ownership. We have many wonderful success stories and we're so proud of our homeowners. The Habitat Restore, 850 Mercury Boulevard. This is Hope Rogers with the Villages of Murfreesboro Senior Living. Fall is here, which means cooler days and colder months ahead. Now is a great time to make that move into a senior living community. Often the cold weather can be more isolating for those seniors still living in their home. With the colder months ahead, our community could help alleviate the worry of costly utility bills, inclement weather, and isolation. Instead, come enjoy the socialization and fun that so many seniors benefit from living in this type of community. So don't spend another costly winter by yourself. Give us a call at the Villages of Murfreesboro, 615-848-3030. Good morning. Still a little bit of fog out here in certain areas. Traffic still flowing, however, on 24 towards Nashville up through the Hickory Hollow area. Watch your speed out here. Certain sections of 840 this morning. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium, Sleep with the Sharks Pirate Edition, coming up on October 23rd. Check it out at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Skies become mostly sunnier this afternoon, high in the mid-80s. Winds out of the southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy sky conditions alone near 64. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 65. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military. I was on a guided missile frigate. Here is today's salute to veterans. I was in combat close to 18 months. Got out on early release in 73 when the ceasefire occurred. The so-called end of the uh, hostilities it never really did until 75. But for us, it did. And I was early out because of my combat service. Vietnam veteran Ralph Gervasio. What was the atmosphere like when you did come home in the 70s? It was, it was really poor couldn't come home in my uniform let's put it that way I had to come home in civilian clothes because of the flights and because of the airports and the kind of reception that I could possibly get you hear a lot of negative things about uh, when the Marines came back and it's all true in the latter part of the war they didn't want us to have eggs thrown at us or uh, slurs or things of that sort so I had to come home in civilian clothes I didn't admit that I was a Vietnam veteran at all until in the 1980s. I couldn't get my old job back because I served in Vietnam. And so from that point until the 1980s, I never admitted I was a veteran at all. It would have been a negative, not a positive. You know, you don't hate the warrior, you hate the war. Vietnam veteran Ralph Gervasio. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio.
Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. This is Chip Walters, and you're listening to Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. Yeah, we got them. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. Welcome back. We are looking at things you should do if you're involved in an accident, especially if it involves driving under the influence. Local attorney Laura Baker is with us with John Day Attorneys here in Murfreesboro. If you have a question or if you have a comment, the number to call 615-893-1450. We accept those as text messages or you can do the old-fashioned way and talk to us. 615-893-1450. Or we just have an unusual question right here. And in the era of this pandemic with COVID-19, people getting vaccinations and what have you, This person is wondering if you're getting some side effects of the COVID-19 vaccination, uh, would that cause you to have a traffic accident? And if it does, uh, what what do you do? What what do both sides do? And I'm not sure I've heard of any side effects that would cause an accident, but I guess it it wouldn't have to be limited to COVID-19, but... Uh, other medications that you might get a vaccination for? Sure. Um, I I also am not sure that I've heard of any particular side effects that that might cause you to have a traffic accident. Um, But anytime that you're um, undergoing medical care, go to the doctor, have any kind of procedure done, um, certainly there could be um, side effects, drowsiness, sleepiness, um, at, that could cause you to lose control of your vehicle. Um, with the vaccination specifically, I think um, it's pretty commonly known that maybe the day after you're going to have a little bit of a rougher day. So maybe you should choose to take that day off and not be um, driving around. But um, I think it would be just like anything else. If there's a way to show that um, that there were side effects that um that resulted in someone having a traffic accident uh then i think that you would have to gather that evidence you'd have to prove it by um what we call a preponderance of the evidence or prove that that was the reason that the wreck happened um but again i go back to what i said earlier which is a lot of times proving um, why somebody did it might not be as feasible as just proving the dynamics of the crash is this person did not follow the rules of driving. I guess really if you feel that you are, uh, if you feel different, if you've gotten a shot or gone to the doctor and had some medication, if you're feeling different, that's a warning sign to you. Maybe it's not too smart to get out there and drive. And I guess call a, a family member or a friend or or call a taxi (laughs) right (laughs) call for help (laughs) exactly anytime that you're you're feeling like you don't have complete control of yourself it's not a good time to get behind the wheel and oftentimes when you go to the doctor and this is certainly not true with any of the vaccinations that i've ever had i don't think they've ever said be sure and you bring a loved one with you to drive you home that 
throws up a red flag right <laughs> off the bat. But I think for a lot of medical procedures, they will say, bring somebody to drive you. Well, exactly. If you're having any kind of medical procedure where the, there's going to be a concern about your ability to drive, in my own even personal experience, I've been told, bring a loved one um, to drive you. I know with the um, vaccine, my understanding has been that um, most providers that are administering it do have you wait about an hour after getting the dose to make sure you don't have any kind of negative reaction or anaphylactic shock or anything Mm -hmm. like that happens so now we have not gone into the area of teenage drivers Uh, are they handled differently from accidents with older drivers um Generally speaking, no, they're not different. It can be different, though, in who is responsible for that teenage driver's negligent driving actions. Whenever you go and take your 15-year-old or 16-year-old to get their license, um, a parent or guardian is required in Tennessee to sign um, what's called a minor teenage affidavit. Um, And that is a document that you as the parent or guardian sign um, under oath um, that says that you accept that any negligence by the child is going to be imputed to you, which means their negligence is your negligence, um, which puts you financially responsible for any harm that is caused by that teenage driver when, um, when they're driving and if they make a driving mistake and cause an accident. I would imagine in your 15 years of uh, being an attorney, you probably have had some surprised parents uh, step before you or call you. Yes, I think that, that that a lot of people think that if they put the vehicle in their child's name or if they um, put it in their spouse's name and it wasn't in their name, that they um, may not be financially responsible for that wreck. But whichever parent signs that affidavit is absolutely financially responsible under the law. Um, the insurance policy is going to apply for any teenage driver that their parent purchased. Um, and under Tennessee, we have um, what's called the Family Purpose Doctrine that says that if you purchase or provide a vehicle to a, a, a child in your family to drive um, for the use and enjoyment of the family, which is very broadly defined, you can just give it to your kid to go have fun in, um, you are also financially responsible for any accidents that they cause. Now. You sign this when your child gets their license. Do they make a big deal of the sign? Do the do the parents know or the guardians? Do they know that they've just signed something that's very important? Well, I mean, the piece of paper says it very clearly, and even cites the the law that um, that they're agreeing to. Um, and so I only have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I haven't personally signed one yet, but, um, but certainly they do make sure that the parent signs it. And it's only one page, so it's not a, you know, a complicated legal document to read. It pretty clearly states you're taking respo- financial responsibility. Okay, so keep that in mind. Are you noticing any difference in the number of teenagers involved in accidents these days? No, I haven't noticed any kind of uptick. Um, if anything, you know, during 2020, we may have seen a downtick in accidents just because people weren't on the road as much. Um, but I think that that 
we probably have the same number of teenage drivers as we've ever had. Um, and, you know, many insurance companies give discounts if you do driver's ed. So that's certainly a good practice. Um, and driver's licenses have changed a lot since I got mine. Um, and there are now rules about the number of people who can be in the car, the hours that you can drive. And I think all of those rules are aimed at lowering the number of um, teenage drivers who are distracted on the road and driving. I wonder if parents know that when when the child gets the license, uh, that there are new rules. I mean, these are like you say when when I got my license, it pretty much you could do what most anybody else could do. There were no limits of numbers of people in the car, and I'm I'm thinking that now, uh, isn't there if you're a if you're a new brand new teenage driver i'm not even sure you can bring other teenagers with you that i know that we have a graduated license system so um i think when you're 15 and you have that learner's permit you've got to have another adult driver in the car with you when you're driving and then um as you progress up and turn 16 i think it limits the number of people in the vehicle i think at 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 certain points it's only one person that can be in the vehicle with you um, and obviously, I think you're probably going to see teenage drivers with other people in the vehicle most often commuting to school, to mm-hmm. and from school, carpool kind of situations. Right. Let's take a phone call. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Laura Baker. How are you? Good morning to y'all. Hi. What, what's the age limit? Is it 18 years old? Or? What, what age can you get a driver's license now? I think you can get your learner's permit at 15, um, and uh, and then your official license at 16. Okay, learners uh, at, at 15. So now the teenager thing at 18, he's on his own, right? I don't. At 18, do you get full driver's uh, abilities? I think privileges. I, th- <laughs> I think so. I think that's correct. Okay. I mean, yeah. parents not responsible for it. Hmm, I'm not sure. What about that? that? That's a good question. Um, well, I think it would depend if the child's still living in your home and it's a vehicle that you've still provided to them, um, then that family purpose doctrine I mentioned earlier can come into play and you can still be responsible for them. If you own the vehicle um, under Tennessee law, there's a presumption that the person who owns the vehicle is also, um, it's called vicarious liability, but there's a presumption that they are out there driving on your behalf business for your purposes okay okay thank you thank you for calling didn't sound like the answer he was looking for (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Uh, yeah be aware of those things uh and and uh, i i guess just watch and encourage your child to drive carefully be with them uh, as much as you can Uh, ride with them so that you can say you know that's probably not a good thing to do, driving along, uh, playing with your radio or, you know. Cell phones or, these uh, days, yeah, right? Cell phones, yeah. <laughs> so many other, so many distractions out there. And, and, there and that's true for adults as well as teens. Uh, and while we were talking earlier about the pandemic, there was one thing. We've had some police officers who said, yeah, it's true that the number of drivers on the road especially on the interstates, were less during the bulk of the pandemic. But since the traffic was less, 
people were driving faster and the crashes when they occurred were more injuries and which is a bad situation i mean uh, obviously the faster you drive the worse a crash is going to be and would that increase the uh, the the alcohol driving under the influence issues if it's a really bad crash is that the yeah well i mean obviously anytime you've got a high energy wreck at high speeds you've got the potential for much more serious injuries and so that can increase the um the fallout from it um crim- again i don't do criminal law but um but i've handle cases for clients where the other driver was intoxicated and they're charged with vehicular assault or vehicular homicide and it's no longer you know a a DUI situation or reckless driving situation it's gotten a lot more serious with more serious penalties and then from the injury perspective whenever you cause significant injuries and you don't have enough insurance for it Um, the responsibility for the injuries and the medical bills and the lost work and all the other consequences of a horrible injury they don't stop at the limits of your insurance if if somebody's injuries are are costing hundreds of thousands of dollars and you only have twenty five thousand dollars of coverage you're next up to pay after that twenty five thousand dollars so it can lead to some uh, serious financial consequences Good morning. You're on WGNS with Laura Baker from John Day Attorneys. Good morning, Bart. And Hi. Good morning, Miss Baker. Good morning. Thank you, um, Bart. Uh, Miss Baker, I wanted to ask this question about a uh, particular situation. If the child, 30, 31 years old, is still on his parents' insurance, moved out, married, all these things, but. He stays on their insurance because it's well, it's just cheaper for him. Uh, what are the responsibilities of that parent then regarding a accident? The car's in his name. Everything has nothing to do with that. Just only the insurance is in the uh, parent's name. And I'll hang up and listen. Okay, thank you for calling. What about that? Well, I'd say um, number one, I would. I would check your insurance. I would check with your agent. Make sure they understand that that's a 31-year-old grown adult who lives in another household and owns the car separate from you because um, because a lot of insurance policies might um, not have coverage for um, that driver, although if they're a listed named driver, hopefully it would still cover them. Um, if you haven't provided the vehicle to them, they don't live in your household, you're not giving them the means to drive that vehicle, um, then I would say chances are the responsibility ends just at that insurance policy covering things. Um, but there are cases where there are adult drivers whose parents are held responsible for their actions. Um, and particularly when you're talking about alcohol or drugs, if you know that your kid has a history um, with drinking and driving or driving under the um, influence of drugs and you start paying their car payment or you pay their insurance or you put the tires on the car, you give them a gas card so they can fill up their tank, um, under the law, you could be found responsible for 
a wreck under what we call negligent entrustment, or you knew or should have known that this person was not capable of being a responsible driver and that they were likely to drive under the influence and you gave them all the means to drive that vehicle and they caused a horrible injury, you can be held responsible for it. Now, if the 31-year-old lives at home under your roof, which does happen, uh, does that make the story different? It could still fall under either of those scenarios of being a family vehicle and you being held. The family purpose doctrine doesn't end at age 18 either, um, and negligent entrustment doesn't either. Okay. We will continue the conversation. Uh, have just a few minutes left. Laura Baker is our guest this morning from John Day Attorneys. We will be right back. Stay with us. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. Demas's Restaurants are now hiring. We are looking for grill cooks and other kitchen employees with competitive pay and flexible hours. If you're looking for full-time work or part-time work, then Demas's is the place to be. We've been voted a top workplace for five years in a row by the Tennessean. Apply within or online at demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. And if a scaly friend is on your wish list, come check out our reptile department. We have lots of beautiful reptiles to choose from and all of the supplies to keep them happy and healthy. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Here at Animal City, we have both saltwater and freshwater fish and an experienced staff that can help you take great care of either. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come and see us for all your clothing, gift, pet, and farm needs. We also have whatever you need for your lawn or garden. We have local honey, and we also have the wonderful Watkins products. We have a great selection of different gifts, you know, with fall and Christmas coming up. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us. We're located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. Old friends, a new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. I'm Ken Coleman. Join me here on News Radio WGNS, weekdays live at noon, as we answer your questions about your calling, passion, and talent to maximize your potential. We have time for one more question, and uh, this comes from a listener who's saying that they were recently involved in a traffic accident uh, late in the evening. The person could not speak English, and they couldn't communicate with the police officer either. And they were sort of concerned that, uh, you know, a report was made, but it's, will there be a problem developing later on for lack of communications? Um, you know, 
when it comes to litigation, we use tr you know interpreters, translators all the time um, when we have people who um, don't speak English as their first language. Um, with the traffic accident itself, the police officer would have taken down their name and address. They would have run the um, the plate, the license plate number to locate who the owner of it was. Um, police officers these days also take down the insurance information if there's any. Um, and all of that information can be used to track down who that person is and who their insurance is. Um, and of course, if for some reason that person cannot be located or um, they don't have insurance, then hopefully you purchased uninsured, uninsured uh, motorist coverage under your own policy, which would step in and um, pay for your losses if there's no one else to recover from. Now, before we leave, we have about a minute left in the broadcast. What would you say to a person who is involved in an accident, either of their own fault or caused by somebody else? What should you do in those minutes after the accident occurs? Well, definitely you want to take care of your injuries, check on everybody at the scene, make sure everyone is okay. Um, and then um, you want to follow the advice of your medical providers throughout your treatment if you are injured. Um, if they tell you to follow up with your primary care doctor when you're released from the ER, make sure you, you do that follow-up. Um, we have a certain amount of adrenaline that pumps through our blood when we're in a traffic accident or other tense situations, and it can take you hours or days to really understand the effects of those injuries on your body. Um, it's not uncommon for me to have somebody that complains in the ER that certain parts of their body are, are hurting, and then they'll wait three or four weeks before they go back to the doctor because they've sort of felt like they were going to be okay. Um, you want to do those follow-up appointments as directed by your medical provider and stay on top of it so that you can get better as quickly as possible um, from those injuries. And, of course, get an attorney to help well, you through that. That's yes. a very technical issue there. That's true. Laura Baker, attorney with John Day here in town. Our guest this morning talking about alcohol, driving under the influence. Don't let it happen to you, but if it does... Hopefully you've learned what to do today. Laura, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Truman's next right here on WGNS Murfreesboro. Stay with us.